Chapter Fourteen of the Autobiography of an Electron by Charles R. Gibson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen: How We Produce Color. The Scribe's Note on Chapter Fourteen: Color is merely a sensation in the brain. What the electrons really produce are ether waves, and these give rise to the sensations of color. However, the electrons may claim to produce color in the same sense, as we savages produce pain in fellow men by firing rifle bullets at them. The electron explains how some objects appear white, while others are red, and so forth. It explains also how electrons produce artificial light. The electron twits man upon his ridiculously wasteful processes of obtaining artificial light. End of Scribe's Note In the preceding chapter I have been telling you how we electrons produce waves in the ether ocean. I pointed out that if we make the waves follow each other at too slow or too fast a rate, they fail to affect man's eyes. It may seem strange to you that only a very small range of our ether waves should affect man's visionary apparatus. Of course this limitation lies beyond our province. We can produce endless variety of ether waves. It is man's organs which fail to appreciate the bulk of these. However, there is plenty of variety in the sensations which we can produce in man. If we make the waves follow each other at a certain speed, man says he has the sensation of red. If we move faster, he speaks of orange color. And as we increase our speed, he names his further sensations as yellow, green, blue, and violet. Then, if we combine all these waves, that is, if we produce them all at one time, he says he has the sensation of white. If we produce none of these waves, he calls the result black. While we electrons are very versatile, our actions are dependent in a great measure upon circumstances. For instance, if an electron is acting as a satellite to one particular kind of atom, its rate of revolution around that atom may be very different from that of an electron similarly attached to another kind of atom. We electrons are all identical, but the speed of revolution is determined by the kind of atom. The reason is very simple. Electrons revolve around some atoms at a much greater distance than they would around other atoms. Those making only the smaller orbits not only get around their atoms in less time, but they are also traveling at a greater pace. It is this fact which enables the electrons to produce the various wavelengths which stimulate the different color sensations in the brain of man. I think you will have no difficulty in seeing how it is that we come to produce such a variety of wavelengths. In other words, how we are able to make the waves follow each other more or less rapidly. You will understand that we do not produce colors. We merely make various waves in the ether, and these waves excite the color sensations in man. I mention this simple fact because I hear many people speaking of our ether waves as colored rays, which, of course, is quite a ridiculous description. Suppose some of those waves which give rise to the red sensation happen to fall upon a lump of matter which contains only electrons capable of producing waves that only affect the green sensation. What will happen? There will be no response, and the object, although viewed by red light, will appear black. 
if an object such as the white paper upon which my scribe is recording my story contains a variety of atoms with electrons capable of revolving at all the different rates which produce color sensations then when white light falls upon the object it appears white all the color sensations combined if on the other hand a red light only falls upon it then only the electrons capable of responding to that rate of wave will be set in motion and the object will appear red and so on with the other rates of ether waves so far i have been telling you what happens when different waves of light fall upon us now i shall endeavour to explain how man has caused us to produce artificial light at present all man's methods in this direction are dependent upon making some substance so hot that it becomes incandescent even his most modern methods seem to us to be ridiculously wasteful and most roundabout i shall speak only of the electric glow-lamp as i have had some experience in connection with this on one occasion i had been taking part in a regular forward march from copper atom to copper atom in a conducting wire i had no idea of the purpose of our march till i suddenly found myself handed over to some carbon atoms who were in a very lively state of vibration we had much more difficulty in making our way through this substance and it was the passive resistance offered to the advance of the electrons who had preceded me that had driven the carbon atoms into this state of great excitement in our march through the copper conductor we had been offered very little resistance so that we had left the copper atoms in peace at least man could not detect easily any excitement heat but so long as our forced march was maintained among the carbon atoms so long did the high temperature exist you will understand i and the other marching electrons did not produce the waves of light sent out by the glow lamp what we did was to set the atoms of carbon into a rapid vibratory state and they in turn caused their satellite electrons to hasten their pace some electrons produced one rate of waves and some another rate but by the time the carbon was incandescent there were electrons sending out all the variety of wavelengths the combination of which produces the sensation of white i have accused man of adopting very wasteful processes so i had better explain the matter in the preceding description of what is occurring in an electric glow-lamp i have spoken only of those ether waves which constitute light but there are myriads of electrons in the carbon of the glow-lamp that never attain the requisite speed to produce those waves they revolve around their atoms at too slow a rate they certainly disturb the ether but the crests of the waves are so far apart that they do not affect the eyes of man the business of these waves is to set up heat in the bodies upon which they fall you may be surprised to know that in this contrivance of man called an electric glow-lamp and indeed in all his other artificial light producers he causes far more electrons to produce radiant heat than the desired light-waves a most wasteful process man has a long way to travel yet before he succeeds in producing artificial light by a reasonable process indeed i doubt if any of you can realize as we do how exceedingly stupid the existing methods are think for a moment of the glow-worm in which we electrons produce light without setting up any wasteful heat-waves there is a strong contrast between this peaceful plan and that of the excited carbon atoms 
When will man succeed in discovering this secret of ours? End of chapter 14